Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. So good to see you guys. Uh, missed you last week. But uh, I was online watching Chris just nailing, nailing the word down. That was, that was exciting. Um, one of the things that I, I noticed she mentioned early in her message or, or in the introduction part was talking about revival. And uh, I truly, I am truly a believer that, that God wants to do a last days outpouring of his spirit and I do believe that he will do that in whoever is is receptive but I believe that what uh, in, in our country the answer to all of the woes all of the difficulties and the challenges that we face is first of all getting on our knees and and crying out to the Lord and talking to the Lord and then asking him to send revival. There's absolutely nothing that the enemy can do to stop that when God's people stand on the word of God to watch God do what he wants to do. The scriptures talk about the word of God as a seed. How many of you, do we have any gardeners here? You, you know that if you like to garden, plant, flower, whatever you do, that seeds are very important. Is that right? What if, just, just think about it, what if today all seeds ceased to exist, just ceased, stopped? If every seed-bearing thing stopped, what would happen to society? What would happen to us? See, now, let me, let me tell you, how many of you know that you are here because of a seed? I'm not going to go into detail. Don't, you don't have to cover the ears of your children. You may have to explain it to them later, but you are here because of a seed. And, and more than likely, you will eat something for dinner that is the result of a seed, even if it's meat, if it's fish, if it's broccoli, if it's corn. No matter what it is, it's the result of a seed. And once seed dies there's no longer life it's just it's it's done over time it'll take a while because we'll eat up everything that's left and then we'll you know die sometime we're gonna die without seed when God created the garden and he created trees and he created animals and all the things he created he he doesn't God did not create another tree yesterday you tracking with me? I'm going to get somewhere. I know, you're, I know what you're thinking. Is he going to get anywhere? Because I'm starting to think that myself. But, but I am headed somewhere. God, yes, thank you. Need that blessing. Um, I always say that when preachers are struggling. Bless him, Lord. Bless his heart. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Um, that, that, that seed, God does not, uh, he doesn't create trees now. He created trees once in the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, it has been seed. And if the seed ever stops, then life 
will stop. There's life that is passed on in that seed. And Scripture talks about the Word of God as seed. It's the imperishable, incorruptible seed of the Word of God. That's how we're born again. We're born again through the imperishable, incorruptible seed. That means it can't change, it can't die, it can't stop, it can't go bad. The incorruptible, imperishable seed of the Word of God. Are you tracking with me? Now when you think about the seed of God's Word, we're going to, go in, we're going to kind of travel into a place this morning because I want you to, I want you to grasp how important it is to get seed in. I think people sit in church all the time who really never get the seed inside. I think people sit all the time, and I think we probably, in, in this country, if we really knew how often the, the Word of God is preached or taught, that the seed of the Word of God really never got in to produce, it would, it would probably discourage us. But I do believe that, the one, that one of the keys to revival is that the seed of the Word of God has to get down inside once again and start to produce. See, we as humans, can, we produce all kinds of things from the flesh. We produce all kinds of opinions and all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of, uh, of ways of thinking and all kinds of philosophies based upon humanism, based upon our own way of thinking, based upon selfishness as an outflow of selfishness. But there is one seed, the imperishable, incorruptible seed of the Word of God that will absolutely change our lives. And when we let it in, the light can come out. But the seed has to get in. So why has the church in our country not been the powerhouse that it ought to be? Because we haven't put the Word of God in. And if you don't put the seed in, there is no production of anything coming out. Does that make sense? And I'm not just talking about morality. Though morality is awesome, and I think in a true relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, morality is going to be a part of that. Character is going to be a part of that. It's going to be an overflow of that. So I'm not discounting morality, but I am telling you there's so much more that God has for us, and we're living so far short of all that God has. You may be here today, and you may say, but I've just, I'm just so discouraged all the time. Are you putting the seed of the Word of God in and let it change your life? I just have no hope. Are you putting the seed of the Word of God in that gives hope? Are you putting it in? Well, I did. I read it yesterday, and it didn't do anything. How many of you have ever put a seed in the ground, and the next day you had a full stalk of corn? It doesn't happen that way, does it? Seed takes time. Seed, time, and harvest. That's just the way things operate. That's the way that our natural world operates, but it operates in the same thing in the spiritual world. Seed, time, and harvest. And we have to put the seed of the Word of God inside for it to have the impact. Look with me. At, uh, let's hurry and look at Luke chapter 8. Got to get into some scripture here. Luke chapter 8. If we begin to understand the principle of the seed. It'll, it will change our life, and it will change us individually. 
If we don't put the seed in, nothing's going to grow. I remember Carla and I a few years ago bought a bag of, have you ever seen those bags of seed like uh, butterfly, flower, wildflower seed and those kinds of things? And we bought a bag of that. And it sat in our garage. And uh, it just, it never produced anything. <laughs> I mean, we saw the picture of the flowers on the bag, but it just never produced anything. It wasn't until we took that seed, put it in the ground, and this year, man, we, we had a large, large area of wildflowers, beautiful, that we absolutely enjoyed, but it wasn't until we put them in the ground that we got to enjoy that. I was reading the other day um, about the oldest seed to germinate. It's 2,000 years old. 1960, I think it was 1960, early 1960s in Israel um, at Masada, right, right near the Dead Sea. They, they discovered some seeds. I think they were date palm seeds. And they discovered those seeds there, and so... They wanted to try to, to do something with them. It wasn't, I think, until 2005 that they actually planted one of those 2,000-year-old seeds. And, and it germinated and sprouted and it grew. Now, think about this. For 2,000 years, those seeds did nothing. You're tracking with me. For 2,000 years, the seeds did nothing but sit there. But when the seed was planted, it sprouted. How many of us have Bibles sitting on our shelves? And it just sits there. And there is so much seed in here to tell us when things go bad financially, what do you do? When our marriage is struggling, what do you do? There's so much seed in here for everything that we will ever face. When you're discouraged, what do you do? When you're depressed, what do you do? When your marriage is falling apart, what do you do? When you don't know how to deal with uh, the situation with your children, what do you do? There's seed, there's seed, there's seed in here. And we're all the time looking to the world for psychology. And, and I'm not being critical of that, but we're looking for, for answers in the world for everything under the sun and we have seed sitting in our houses on the shelf if we will just get it and put it in it will start to produce the very things that we need but we got to get it in look at verse 4 verse 4 chapter 8 verse 4 Luke chapter 8 verse 4 while a large crowd was gathering and the people were coming to Jesus from out of town. He told a parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed and some fell along the path, it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the, uh, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell on thorns which grew up um, with it and choked the plant. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, remember this part, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. 
there is a hearing that is at a deeper level than just this. I loved it when I was listening to the song that they sang, the new song in the beginning, and it's talking about let the light in, open up the windows and let the light in. How many of you know that your eyes and your ears, your physical senses are windows to your soul? Are you tracking with me? And when we open up the windows and let the light in, open up the windows and let the light in. And if, you, if someone is blind, you've got Braille. Is that an awesome thing? So you can open up the windows and let the light in. But the Word of God begins to find a place of priority in our life. When he said this, um, oh, look at verse 9. His, his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that they, though seeing, may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. Is it an awesome thing that you sit in this room today and the God of the universe has revealed the secret of the universe to you? The secret of God to you. The secret of life to you. That secret of the kingdom of God has been revealed to you. Is that a pretty awesome thing? Now listen to this. Verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. What's those, what, what does that say? The seed is the word of God. He says in this parable, the seed represents the word of God. He's using a natural thing to teach us a supernatural thing. And so we understand how seed operates. The, those along the path are the ones that hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may, what's that say? Not believe. You come and the word goes out. See, the, the farmer just scatters the seed. And when I'm, when I'm scattering seed on Sunday, I'm going to focus just on the scattering, I mean, on the, on the seed today. But there are a lot of things represented in this passage, and one of those are the, those who are sowing. And I sow here every Sunday. And I don't walk down and just take the seed and just, give it to you particularly, right? I just fling it out there. And as I just fling the seed, I'm hoping that that seed is finding good soil. But see, my job is not to make you good soil. Your job is to make you good soil. My job is to sow the seed. It's not on me if you don't experience life change. I used to get so... I used to get so... Ticked off is kind of a hard word. But I used to get somewhat discouraged when, when I would hear people would come here from other churches. And then if you talk to them, why are you here? Well, the preacher, the pastor just wasn't feeding us. We just were not getting fed. And I'm thinking, well, if you're expecting me to feed you, 
what you need, then you need to just keep on moving until you find another church. Because my job is not to feed you. You're a grown-up. Hello? My job is not to feed you. You are a grown-up. Get in the Word and feed yourself. Hello? See, when I go along the idea that, well, I'm just not being fed, I'm just not being fed, I'm putting somebody else's responsibility. Here's what I know. Most people complain about not being fed. If I compare it to the physical, I'm thinking you ain't using the same kind of logic. Because you didn't get that size because your wife is constantly sitting in front of you with a spoon. I'm preaching to me. <laughs> you know, I didn't get this size because I'm sitting around, honey, feed me, I'm hungry again, feed me. Carla would never get anything done if she just sat around and fed me when I was hungry. I think the problem is a lot of those people don't have an appetite for the Word of God. Because if you have an appetite for the Word of God, you know how to get in and open it up and, and start reading it and start learning and start eating the Word. And the Word of God is alive. It's living. It's the bread of life. It's living. And we need that in our spirit. And we need that changing our life. It's not just another book or a storybook. It's not just a book that tells us a few things about God. The, the scripture is a living. It's living. And just because you read a verse one time does not mean that you don't ever need to read it again. We don't use that logic in anything else. I had green beans three years ago. I don't need them again. No, put them green beans in front of me right now. I'll eat those things. You see what I'm saying? We need nutrition. You would think by my age, and I won't tell you what that is, still fairly young, but you would think by my age, I would have had enough vitamin C over all these years that I could say I don't need any more. Are you tracking with me? But you see, I can't say that. Because there's always something trying to attack my body and yours. Does this make sense? There's always something getting into your body, some kind of a virus, some kind of a bacteria. There's always something trying to get in there and attack you. And it's not the vitamin C that you took five years ago that's going to help you with the virus that's, that you're going to be faced with tomorrow. Are you tracking with me? We don't ever get to the point where we say, oh, I know that already. No, you keep eating it because you're going to keep facing spiritual viruses that the enemy is trying to turn loose on you to make you sick, to make you weak, to cripple you, to, to bring you to a place where you are un, you, you, you're unable to function the way God has called you to function. You have to be able to get something fighting back inside of you. The Word of God is how we fight back the enemy and what he tries to do. What did Jesus do when the enemy came and tempted him? What did he use? 
Jesus didn't flex his muscles and say, look at this big boy. This flung, this right here, that's what flung the moon in, in the sky. That's not what he said. He used the word of God. And that's, that's, what, that's what we have to use. So, oh, I got so far to go. Such a short time to get there. But we're going to do what they say can't be done. See, I can tell. I, I can check the ages of people in the room by certain little things that I say. The path, the first one was the, the trodden path. It's hard because it's been walked on. And the seed goes out on it. But it but can't get in the ground because there's so much hardness there. And so the seed falls there. And then the enemy comes and takes it away. Now, how many of you have ever come and a message goes out, but you've allowed your heart to get so hardened that the seed of the word can't get in? Are you tracking with me? And you're no more out that door before Satan has robbed that seed and taken it away. And it has no effect or no impact on your life. We don't have revival with hard hearts. You tracking with me? America does not experience revival as long as we are walking around with hard hearts, unreceptive of the Word of God to change our lives. Look at the next one. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the Word of God with joy when they hear it. You come and, and wow, that was a good message. That was a good word. I, uh, I, I, I like that. I, I'm going to take that with me. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. You come and you hear the word, and, and, or the, and the word is sown, or you're taught the word, or you hear it on TV, or you hear it on the radio, or a family member shares it with you, or a friend shares it with you, and the word goes out and something gets in here, and all of a sudden you're thinking, man, this is, this is good. I, I, I'm so glad I heard that. But the problem is, it doesn't last long. It falls on rocky ground. It can't get root. The ground is about like this. Some of you know that if you, do, if you garden, if you have a tomato plant or, or other plants and the ground is very, very shallow and it does not have a chance to take root, once that thing gets a little bit of height on it, it's just going to fall over because there's no root to keep it strong. And that's what happened here. The ground was so shallow that it was that it emotionally received have you ever emotionally received the word? You come in and you're down and out and the preacher preaches on how to not be down and out. You're feeling hopeless and the preacher preaches on how to, how to have hope when you're feeling hopeless. And in that moment, there's a, your emotion gets involved and it's like, yes! But you don't let it go deep. And then... All the trials of life just snuff it out. How many people have been? How many people have been affected like this during during COVID? I wonder. How many people in our churches 
We're there for the emotional part. We love, and I and there's nobody loves worship and jumping around and singing and experiencing the presence of God and having our emotions encouraged. But you better have something a little bit deeper when you face the trials of life. There's got to be something deeper when you face the trials of life. Because if not, you won't last. In this, last, in the, in this time that we live in, I believe this is a moment where we all have the opportunity to find out what's really going on inside of us. And will we become that army that God wants us to be? Whoa, hurry up, you guys. Y'all are slowing me down. Verse 14. (laughs) Verse 14, the seed fell among thorns, uh, stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures, and they do not mature. Hello, how, how large of a portion of the body of Christ falls into this category? We just don't ever mature. Why? Because the word never really gets in because we come in here on Sunday, and it's not all about Sunday. Please, don't misunderstand me. I'm using that as illustration. But, but the word of God, we need to be getting it in every day, every day of our life. We need to be getting the word of God in us. And there's no reason in this world that we live in today that we can't be getting it in us. We get it in directly by reading the scripture, or we can, we can get it directly by... Um, The little Bible app, you can even listen to the Scripture by that. You can get it as you listen to messages, and and YouTube is so full of preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Things that did not exist when I was a young man. When I was a kid, when I was in my 20s, that stuff did not exist. And now I can sit there and we we can play 24 hours a day. Music and the Word, if we want to, going on in our home. Does that make sense? But how many of us have found ourselves getting choked out? The Word gets choked out because of the worries. It's because there's a point to where we're going to stand on the Word or we're going to worry. And there's a battle there. And I'm not saying that if you ever worry, because, I mean, we all get hit with it. I'm not saying that if you ever have worries that you don't have faith or you're not on the Word. I'm just saying you've got to attack that worry with the Word of God. Does that make sense? You have to attack it with the Word. Look at um, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart, hear the word and retain it. And I think Mark uses the word accept it. By and by persevering, produce a crop. By persevering, produce a crop. We're not great. At persevering, are we, in this country? We're just not great at persevering. We want it. We want what's ours, and we want it now. And, and the fact of planting a seed 
and then have to continually to water it until it grows into whatever it is that God's doing through His Word in that in our life, that time is the time that we want to quit, that we want to give up. And some of you have quit on the Word just, I mean, right there at the moment when you were about ready to see the sprout. But you kept going and looking and you realized, but I planted the Word. I planted the Word of God in me. I'm, you know, it's, I need peace and I'm not getting any peace. And, and Scripture says that if, if we put our mind on Him and focus on Him, we can have peace. Those whose mind is stayed on Him, those people will find themselves in perfect peace. Okay, so we know that and we start to put that in us. But after the first day, it's like, okay, I, I quoted this scripture today, so I put the seed in, but two days later, we've quit on it. It hasn't grown yet. It, it, it hasn't maybe even germinated yet. We've got to stay after it. We've got to keep watering it. Watering it with what? Watering it with more word. Watering it with the work of the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, our lives begin to change. What is it that you need God to do for you? Then get the seed of the Word of God and put it in you and keep putting it there and keep watering it. Who gives the increase? Paul said, well, Paulus, you know, me and Apollos, and, uh, they, they were arguing about who baptized who and different things in the Corinthian church. And Well, you know, Paul... Um, uh, Paul watered uh, and, and, and Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. You are his child, his son or his daughter. And he wants you to take his word and put it inside of you. And then continually to water that and allow the Holy Spirit to bring birth to whatever it is that you're going through and that you need. And if, we, if we're going to ever experience revival, we've got to learn how to get some sense of victory in our own lives individually. Am I right about that? We need an army. We need an army. We'll close with this, Ezekiel, chapter 37. Now, this is a prophecy that God gave Ezekiel. And I'm not really going to go into all, all the, because it's a prophecy about Israel. I'm not going to go into all that right now because I don't have time to do it. But, but I want to drop something in your spirit before you leave. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. That means they've been here a while. This is not just they've been here a while. 
And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones, it's dry bones. Can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will teach, let me stop there for a second. Get this picture. He brings him out and he looks over this area and he says, there's nothing but dry bones here. It's a valley full of dry bones. That's probably the most discouraging, hopeless place that you could be. Can you imagine that? You can't see a future. You can't have hope for the future. Because everything before you is not only death, but it's beyond death. It's bones. And I'm afraid that's where a lot of people are right now in our country, looking at our country, and all they can see is death. All we can see is dry bones rattling. There's a lot of rattling, but it's the wrong kind of rattling. There's a lot of rattling comes out of Washington, D.C., but it's not the kind of rattling that we need to hear as a body of Christ. And so he says, what about it? Look at these bones. Can they live? And he said, I don't know. You know. You know. I'm not even going to go in on that one. You know if they can live or not. And he said, here's what I want you to do. You prophesy. Listen to me. Do you want to experience revival? Do we want to experience revival in this land that will change our country? It's not contingent on, the who, on who the president is. Yes, you, you need to vote. I need to vote. We need to get out there. We need to vote. We need to do what we're supposed to do. But you can't wake up the second week of November so discouraged and out of your mind because your person didn't get in. Because God is still on the throne and God can put life back in dry bones. He said, prophesy. This is our part, guys. Listen to me. Got to do this quickly, but listen to me. This is our part. Prophesy. He said, prophesy to the dry bones. I think the church in this country has experienced the dry bone thing for so long. You say, but what, what do you mean? It looks alive. Oh, but, but I'm dry bone, inside dry bones. Religion gives you nothing but dry bones. Complaining about the world gives you nothing but dry bones. It will dry you out inside dry bones. But he said, prophesy. Prophesy what? Prophesy what I tell you to prophesy. Are you tracking with me? What's he saying? Prophesy my word. Prophesy the gospel of the kingdom. Pro gospel means, it still means good news, guys. Gospel still means good news. Prophesy the gospel of the kingdom. Tell the world that there is a kingdom. And there's a king, and his name is Jesus, and you can be a part of that kingdom. Prophesy. But notice what he, what the, what he said next. What was it that he was saying, prophesy? Read that. What did, what did it say? for them to prophesy. He said to me, prophesy to the, verse 4, prophesy to these bone, bones and say. So here's the word that he's supposed to prophesy. Hear the word 
of the Lord. Are you tracking with me? So we've got what appears to be nothing but deadness. But he's saying, take the seed of the word of God. The seed of the word of God. And put it out there. Hear. Remember Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. There is something amazing that can happen in this land. And I am believing God for it and I am praying for it. And yes, I think everybody, everybody, I'm not saying we shouldn't give any kind of attention to, to our legal or our, our political system in this country. Here's what I'm saying. We should not put the weight of our trust on it. Prophesy. Hear. The word of the Lord. If we're going to have revival in this country, the church once again has to hear. Does anybody listen to me? If we're going to have revival in this country, the church once again has to hear the word of the Lord. But I will tell you, listen to me closely. There's something else has to happen. Because for many, many years, every Sunday, churches gather in buildings where preachers preach the Word. Some gather in churches where preachers don't preach the Word. But a lot of people gather in churches where they do preach the Word, and yet there's still been no life change. And this is not meant to be a discouraging message. How many of you are discouraged? <laughs> it's, not, it's really not meant to be a discouraging message. But what's the difference? Why is there no life change? How can we keep hearing preaching over and over and over and then all we do is take the word that we have and we use it to battle each other theologically. We use it to criticize each other theologically. We use it to get on Facebook and say if you're not a part of our camp and if you don't think exactly the way we think, then you're not part of us. And I'm not talking about religions outside of of mainstream Christianity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who are part of the church, the body of Christ. Here's where I think it's missing. He said, prophesy and tell them to hear. Tell them to receive the, receive the seed of the word because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that seed and I'm going to come in and, and cause with my breath, the, the breath of the Holy Spirit upon that seed, and I'm going to bring life. My daddy needed a little bit of help from my mama because seed alone didn't do it. For humans, we got seed and we got egg. Am I right about that? And I think for so long we've taken the seed, but we haven't, we have, we have not allowed the seed of the Word of God, the soil of our life, to be, to be turned by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. I'm closing I, in, in 30, 35, 38, 
too late. One minute. I think the key to life change for you, you and me is this. Number one, we stop making excuses of why we're not in the Word of God. Because if we don't, we're going to have how many years from now, 2,000-year-old seeds that have still been sitting there and have never been planted, germinated, or turned into anything because a seed sitting in that book right there will change nobody. Stop making excuses of why we're not in the Word and we get in the Word. And we allow the Word of God to start to transform and change us. And we sit there with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Word of God and the Holy Spirit come together inside of us. Begins to bring life into areas where death has reigned. There's some of you, you've been ready to give up because it's just like this doesn't work. It just doesn't work. No, it's not that this doesn't work. God's Word works. God is real. He's powerful. He can do it all. Anything but don't give up because we've been doing it wrong. It's not Him. You've been on the brink of giving up while you have got a bag full of seed that will tell you how to get through your financial situation. You've got a bag full of seed that will tell you how to fix your marriage. You've got a bag full of seed that will tell you how to break that addiction. You've got a bag full of seed that'll tell you how to love people. You've got a bag full of seed that'll tell you how to forgive people and that bitterness stop eating up your life. You've got a bag full of seed that will change your life forever, but it will never change it as long as it sits in this on your shelf. It'll never change you. How are you born again? By the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Have you received that? Allow the truth to get in and change your life. I just want to encourage you this morning. We're going to pray. I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you go to a place you've never gone to with the Word of God. Maybe you find time throughout the day not to do it because you're afraid God will get mad at you if you don't read it. But you're sitting down with a daddy who loves you and has all the answers for his kids. And he needs us to sit with him and want it. Want it. How many of our elders have got so much wisdom to offer but none of us ever ask them about it because we don't want it. God has so much to offer, but we don't look forward to asking because we either really just don't want it or we don't believe that it works. I challenge you to take the seed of the Word and plant it in your heart and then give it time. Water it, water it, water it, and then give it time. And in time, it will do exactly what it's supposed to do and it will produce 30, 60, and 100 times what you put in. Father, we praise you. Lord, we receive your word today. Your word that comes in and changes us forever. 
your incorruptible word, your imperishable word. Lord, all the places where dead bones have been in our life, we refuse to allow them to remain. And where the body of Christ has found itself as dead bones in so much of our country, we prophesy, hear the word of God, and let the breath of God breathe life into you. Wake up, sleeper. Wake up in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.